Welcome to Uncontained. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and we just wrapped up the 25th episode last week, moving on to 26th this week, which in that time, we have been heard in 97 countries. I can't believe it. From coast to coast here in the United States, and I've been getting some really good feedback on the shows that we've been putting out. I expect that to continue, grow bigger, hit more countries, and uh, get more exposure for these artists that we talk to. Today's guest is New York-based comic Jake Vevra. Jake also co-hosts the podcast Idiots on Parade with Nathan Timmel, who was the guest on episode 10 of Uncontained. In this episode, Jake and I talk about the differences in the comedy scene between the Midwest and New York City and why it's important to be versatile enough as a comedian to deal with any crowd. This was a fun interview to do catching up with Jake because we both got our start in comedy in Iowa City, Iowa, and it's good to see how far he's come and hear a little bit of his stand-up, which he's letting me share with you guys to kick off the show. So, not going to keep you waiting any longer. Here's episode 26 of Uncontained with comedian Jake Vevra. I just got an HBO Go password, which is awesome. Uh, I highly recommend getting one of them, all the go, none of the payments, it's amazing. Well, I've, I've been watching uh, Game of Thrones, I've been binge-watching that. You guys like what, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones <laughs> Love that show, it's my favorite show, and I normally don't like those kind of shows and movies. You know what I'm talking about, the ones where it's middle ages, but there's magic, so nothing makes sense, and it's all inconsistent. <laughs> like really, uh, you have spells that make you fly and shoot fire, but you're still churning your own butter every day. <laughs> None of your wizards thought to tie one of your spells to a kite in a rainstorm. They were flying around the dark ages, crapping in the same pond water they're drinking out of. Really. And they just, they never address it. They just keep going with it. Like, yes, yes, yes. There's no showers or running water whatsoever. Yet every woman has clean-shaven legs in every scene somehow. Never gets brought up. Look like they just came back from a spa built by the gods that we never talk about. From the highest ladies down to even the wildlings north of the wall. No razor burn whatsoever, even though they shave them every morning in a river with a rock. The giants defecated it. Any stone is considered a sign of witchcraft. It is treason against his majesty. Still like it, even though it has all that, you know what I'm saying? The writing's so good, it is. They make you hate characters, and then you love them the next season. Even though they're not like, oh no, the glove didn't fit. No, he still did the stuff from season one. He's just kind of pleasant now. You like him, yeah? He's a fun guy to drink with nowadays, right? He's like George Bush after his presidency. You know what I mean? You gotta go down. Get drunk and paint paintings with him, that sort of thing. No, I, like, I totally get because of that show how uh, ISIS manages over Twitter to recruit people in New Hampshire or whatever, because I'm pretty sure I've been radicalized by House Lannister at this point, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm still evil, I'm just cheering for the evil, just yelling weird stuff and screaming like, what do you mean you don't want to sleep with your own brother anymore, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Jake, welcome to Uncontained. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. And for my listeners that don't know you, could you uh, share just a little bit about yourself? Maybe why you decided to move from Iowa City to New York City and why you do what you do? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was just kind of tired of living in the Midwest. Iowa City was a good place to grow up and kind of get started. Uh, it's, it's a college town. It's just, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to come out to the coast. I, I, I picked this one um, just because I uh, I talked to people that had already gone to L.A. And I was like, well, it's I kind of want to either go there or go to New York. And I just, I kind of picked New York because not, I, I knew less people that tried it. <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> okay. I, I kind of wanted like a, more of an unknown, um, if that makes sense. Fair enough. I picked uh, the West Coast myself because I was tired of winter. Um, uh, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That was a factor. I, I really did think about that. But then I, I heard that the, the public transportation was better here. And, and so I was like, okay, well, I, I wouldn't have to have a car at least. And, and, and so I was like, you know, it might be a little bit cheaper in that sense or easier. And I, I mean, I do like that. But yeah, winter, winter sucks here, man. It's not as bad as it was in Iowa City. But the, the winter is bullshit. Like every, everything kind of it, it not like shuts down. I mean, you can still go to as many places but summer here is awesome all the 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 fronts of the restaurants are all open up and there's tables on the sidewalk but then you you know for like four or five months a year the fronts are all closed and there's, there's just less of that yeah um i always thought that moving to new york if you had winter, at least there'd be something to do every well, yeah, day yeah. you I mean, know there's, there's eight million people in the city man and it's it's especially when, when you get into like downtown manhattan everything is so close that it, it, it stuff's still going on because people don't really have to drive through the snow i mean the uh, you have the subway going 24 hours a day and uh, we did have a couple snowstorms that that did cause the trains to shut down for like a day which sucks here okay. because i mean when when the trains shut down i mean that that destroys the city i mean like everybody here takes the trains i mean literally less than half the people that live here even have cars and the people that do have cars they don't use them to commute to work really it's just they, they leave them at home and it's more when they're when they they leave the city that or when they when they have stuff to pick up when they have a reason to use the car other than oh i'm going someplace on the metro line that makes sense. So a lot of people out here use the uh, BART Bay Area Rapid Transit. I And when that shut down, it caused a little bit of a catastrophe as well. But I can only imagine New York because a lot of people out here still have cars. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's really, I mean, from, from what I've heard compared to L.A., I mean, I mean, L.A. people still drive for the most part um they have trains but it's not it's not the same kind of thing i mean here it's it's just the subway if i mean, if if you take your car to work and you live or you work in the city you're not even really going to have any place to park it man i mean not not unless you feel like driving around for like half an hour or paying an insane amount for parking in like a garage which most of those usually people rent them monthly and they pay like hundreds of dollars to park it there just every month. Yeah, I've, I've seen some crazy prices like in uh, San Francisco for parking, which is oh, yeah. ridiculous. But let's go back to your stand-up comedy a little bit. Uh, we can get into valet talk if you want to a little bit later. Sure. <laughs> uh, but uh, what, what made you, as far as... Um, stand-up wise move out to la with the internet now can't you get make it from anywhere or was there a big advantage of moving to a big city yeah i mean you can theoretically make it anywhere from the internet but if if, if you're living in the 
the Midwest, you're not really getting up a lot. You're not getting up at a lot of places. You're not around as many comics. And I, I mean, if it, if it was as simple as, well, just put it out on, online and millions of people will listen to it. It's like, no, you, you, have, to, you have to build a following. I'm not saying it's impossible to do from the Midwest. I mean, if you had a video that for some reason got shared a bunch of times and people kind of went to you, then that would, that that would be doable, but that's that's kind of hard to do. I mean, that that's that's few and far between. Obviously, more mics, more shows that you can get in New York. Like, how does how does the scene uh, differ from, like, say, Iowa City to New York? Well, I mean, it's it's really the end of two extreme spectrums. I mean, one there, there's really not much of a scene. I mean, I, Iowa City, you know, it had I think it was one open mic every week and. A uh, few bar shows here and there, but the thing is, is for one thing, there's way less people, and then also, more importantly, it's a college town, so everything's kind of based around the university, and college students really aren't that into stand-up. I'm not saying that there's no college students that really like stand-up. There are. It's just that, I, I mean, this is my own kind of theory off of you know, doing stand-up there and growing up there, but I, I think the reason that you see such huge music scenes in college towns and, and not so much for stand-up is because if you look at sort of just the bare nuts and bolts of what stand-up is, it's okay, somebody's standing there with the microphone and people are sitting there listening. Well, that's kind of what college students do all day. It's, it's sort <laughs> of like a lecture, but like a funny lecture. And so they've been sitting in lectures off and on for like, I don't know, six to 10 hours all day. That's the last thing they want to go do. College students like music. They want to listen to music that's way too loud and spill cheap beer on themselves and try to get laid. Like, that's what they want to do. They don't, they don't want to listen to you talk. And so that's why okay. when I, it's, it's kind of been, I, I, I don't know, in the news in the past year, off and on, like, comics coming out and talking about how doing stand-up on college campuses suck because everybody's so politically correct and they, they feel like they're getting in trouble for this and that and they, 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 you can't really say a whole lot there anymore well I, I think a lot of it is just that they're not really providing anything of great value to those college students you know what i'm saying okay. like, like obviously if yeah. they're a big name they're gonna have a draw but most of the people that are going there aren't really that into comedy. Whereas what they are into is staring down at their phone and tweeting every little thing. So you're not really, it's, it's not like bringing a big music act that everybody's like, Oh my God, we all have to go see this or this, you know, this is a big deal. Uh, I mean, they're just kind of going because they're like, well, it's, it's a big comic. I, I guess I'll go, whatever. But I mean, the second one of them tweets something, if that kind of gets a lot of traction, even if, like, they're the only person who was pissed off about it or what, oh, this guy made a joke about he don't like transgender Eskimos or whatever the fuck, then <laughs> now there's some kind of hashtag. And, and so that's really what the people who are booking those shows are afraid of. Is there, like, okay. they, they don't want to get some shit tweeted against them, whereas they're, what they're providing isn't really 
providing that much value to the people that aren't into comedy. So it's, it's sort of like there's like a high risk with 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 stand up and college students and a low reward. And so that that's where I think a lot of the um, a lot of the micromanaging of the, the material, if you will, uh, happens in, in, in college towns, man, because I mean, it's just not really done. Okay, have you done one of those shows where it's been like, okay, we want you to go on stage, do this amount of time, but you can't say this, 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 and this, and please say homeless instead of bum? I mean, no, I've, I've never done one that was micromanaged to that extent just because I never did a show for the university. I just kind of did bar shows in the college. Okay. And so, like, at, at bar shows, yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, you you can say whatever. I mean, some the only times when I've had people ask me not to talk about certain things, I guess. Um, I've I've done like charity shows since I've been in New York, and the, you know, people will be like, "Okay, keep in mind this is for um, like an animal rights group." So if you have like a twenty-minute bit about uh, eating steak, it's probably not the best. But I, okay, I mean, understand the, the that. Obvious things with. The, the charity I mean, this is a charity for autistic kids so don't don't go on and ask how many retards it takes to screw on a light bulb or whatever you know what i mean like certain <laughs> common sense things like this is what people are here to support so don't go on stage and shit on it you know just really like you shouldn't even need to tell people that but they just kind of you know you can't be too careful sometimes you actually do though oh, yeah. but... <laughs> okay all right so um what uh in what has been the craziest uh, show that you've had in New York City or the craziest stand up experience um in New York okay okay crazy stand up experience all right this is this is kind of a weird one so um i i'm doing this bar show dead of winter um we're not expecting a lot of people to show up because it's a really bad snowstorm like this was like a couple years ago and um just kind of out of nowhere, we get like 20 people for this show, which, you know, it's a small stage room in that bar. So, yeah, it just felt pretty full with 20 people. I mean, it was, you know, we okay. were we were, we were like, we'll be lucky to get five. It's I mean, it's really coming down. It was at a spot that was a little far from the trains. And so we're, we're like, yes, we're not really getting any foot traffic by here. And um, what was going on was one one guy was producing the show with these other people who sort of produced this other show and then ran a mic there. So they were sort of like co-producing it with this guy, but they were the ones who booked me. And I was, I was opening, I was going first and I sort of heard that like the other guy that was producing it with these people sort of like whispering to them in the back of the room, like, Hey, they're not going to be like cursing or anything like that in front of these people, are they? And uh, I, I mean, I knew the people that booked these shows, like they didn't have clean material. I mean, I, I did, you know, I but no one said anything to me. I just sort of overheard that. And I overheard one of the guys going like, I might as well go home right now then, dude. You know, and I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? And so I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll go up and, you know, do a mostly clean. T- I was only doing like 10, 15 minutes, you know, and, and so okay. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll just keep it, you know, relatively clean and and. Whatever, man. I'll just kind of feel it out. I'm, I'm going first anyway. It's kind of a good move, no matter what. But I, uh, you know, I, I went up and I had a decent set. I did feel them pulling back at sort of weird spots, you know, just weird. Like I, I went up and said something at the beginning about like, um, 
Chargers is a really good looking crowd, you know? Like, this is just something along those lines, and it got this, like, huh. Like, it wasn't even a joke. It was just sort of like a, you know, I'm starting oh. to do crowd work, and hey, it's a good looking crowd, man. You know what I mean? Like that, and, and, and yeah. pulled back, and I was like, that's a weird spot to. Okay, and there, I mean, there's a few more like that. Like it went, it went all right, but it was, it was, you know, there's sort of a weird energy, and I, I couldn't really put my finger on it. But then I, I, I went up and watched everybody after me proceed to just fucking tank. I mean, just you know what I mean? Like, like it was uncomfortable, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on in here? And finally, one dude goes up in the middle. Like I, I watched like maybe three people afterwards just go up and have these awkward bombing sets and i'm like what the hell is going on and uh finally this guy goes up in the middle and he's he just opens with so this is a christian mingle meetup and then just starts talking and at first i i thought he was making a joke about how the crowd was really tight and just you, you know like rigid and not really laughing a whole lot but then i i asked a dude that was sitting next to me in the back he was just one of the other comics one that i i, I know who i guess the other guy booked and I was like, hey, okay. was just kidding about that Christian Mingle shit, right? And like, I was like, no, man, uh, this is who booked you on the show. And I was like, what the, they did, you know? And uh, apparently the guy that they were co-producing it with had, had set it up as like a Christian Mingle meetup group. And, okay. And so that was it, like literally everyone in the crowd was there for Christian Mingle meetups. And none of us knew that. <laughs> like, he didn't feel the need to fucking tell any of us. And that would have so, been helpful. Yeah, yeah, it would have been a little goddamn good to know because, I, I mean, it was, the crowd was probably three quarters women, which I normally will do better. I, w I would rather have more women in the audience than men. I mean, normally the, the audience, or, I mean, the, the energy's better. Um, it's, you tend to get more of a response out of them. Dudes don't like it when it's mostly dudes, so they don't really, they're not responding as well, and I... My just my shit doesn't go as well usually, um, but yeah, it was it was the, the fact that I knew that afterwards, and I'm like, okay, I didn't know that going in. Now I actually felt pretty good about the fact that I I sort of had a decent set because I, wa <laughs> I watched what happened after me, and I was like, oh my god. And then by the end of it, um, the people who were actually producing the show and booked me on it were going up. And they had no clean material, man. They, I mean, they had none. And so they were just like, I'm going to just fucking just get as dirty and raunchy as I can get. And it, I mean, it, it was it was fun for me, man. I sat <laughs> back laughing my ass off. The crowd hated it. But uh, yeah, that, that was that was a pretty weird one, man. The, the, the Christian Mingle show that no one knew was a Christian Mingle show. Yeah, yeah, that had to be interesting, especially like with your material that I've heard in the past. A lot of it is atheist leaning, leaning towards yeah, atheist yeah. I mean, stuff. I, I, don't, I don't so much do that kind of shit anymore, man. I mean, I, I do, I do have some jokes about religion, but you, you know, I, I, I try to make it a little more crowd friendly at this point. Plus, okay, I, I feel like shitting on religion is not that cool anymore. Like, I mean, not, I mean, it's, it's still funny, but it's like, it's not edgy. It's like my, most people know that it's fucking silly at this point. So I know, and, and most religious people are fucking nicer than most atheists in my, in my, in my experience. I mean, your average religious person, I'm not talking Westboro Baptist people. I'm not talking ISIS <laughs> people, but I'm just saying like your 
average just sort of goes to their little place of worship once a week or on holidays or whatever, they tend to be pretty nice people. And so I, 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 I don't like shitting on them like I used to. I mean, it, 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 it feels like an easy target and it's, and it's been done before. Like, oh yeah, yeah. The, the Noah's Ark story makes no sense. Okay, cool. I've heard, you know, you know, like you're not that creative for making How fun of that How do they fit all shit. those animals on that boat? Eh? Yeah, like it's, it's ridiculous, but I, I, I'm damn sure not the first person pointing out how ridiculous stories in the Bible or the Quran or whatever Tom Cruise is reading. Like, it's, it's all fucking ridiculous, and lots of people have pointed it out in the past, and it, it was kind of when it needed to be said, I suppose, you know, when guys like Carlin or Bill Hicks or, you know, whatever, when, when they were shitting on it, yeah, that's when, like, People didn't really shit on it, but now they do, and there's there's really no reason to at this point, you know? I mean, I might okay. have, like, a couple ones here or there, but it's not really a focal point of it. I it, Yeah, I, I don't try to do that darkest stuff anymore. I try to, I don't know. Um, it's just so what do you, you know? focus on now? What is your main uh, subject? Well, I don't really have a main subject, man. I, I think it's good to have a variety of subjects. It's good to... I, I, I like to just sort of have enough material that I can I can sit in a show and that's why I, I kind of like going up later is I, I, I like I like sort of watching the other comics and seeing like, OK, this kind of stuff tends to be hitting tonight. This stuff, not so much. I mean, I, I do have stuff where I, I make fun of religion a bit. I, I do have some political stuff, um, but I, I have other stuff, too about me getting drunk and pissing in my girlfriend's bed because I was wasted. You know what I mean? Like, I have <laughs> stuff where I, I'm just making fun of, I, I, I don't know, Game of Thrones. I got, you know, I, whatever they're into. Now, if, if, they're, if they really seem to be reacting heavily to stuff where they're, they're talking about politics or social commentary or religion, great, I've got that too. But there's a lot of times where people don't want to hear that shit. And, and it's not always because they don't agree with whatever the message of the joke is. There, it's, it's also like maybe they just it's not into that kind of comedy. And I, I should have something for them then. If, if, I mean, if this is something I want to do and I want to go on the road, I, I should have a little bit of something for everybody. Um, I, okay. I mean, I used to, I used to like, I, the, the, the comics I always liked the most, though, talked about a lot of you know politics and religion and social issues and, and all that but a they already had their own following and b it's sort of hubris to think like oh i'm gonna do this set and these people need to know my opinion on fucking politics and it's like yeah okay well maybe they agree with you but they also get their i, I don't know political news commentary from like news sources and professors not some <laughs> fucking comedian in the back room of some bar you jackass like talk about your dick man like they they just they just <laughs> listen to democracy now and cornell west uh they agree with everything you're saying they said it's smarter though so tell a dick joke and talk about a time when you got drunk and puked on something talk about a time when a homeless guy had his dick out on the train talk about you know like have some jokes like that too. have some dirty jokes, have some clean jokes, you know, like sometimes people don't want to hear sexual jokes. Sometimes they react really well to it. So fucking have both man, have shit that hits every category because 
one thing I've kind of noticed about stand-up is there's not as many clearly defined genres. And so people don't really look into it when they go out to see stand-up. I mean, even if it's like, oh, this is a, a... a guy on the road. I mean, yeah, if it's, if it's guy headlining and he's doing an hour, it's, it's a little bit easier to look him up and see what he's about. But most of the shows I've done here, they're just sort of booked as, Hey, come see a comedy show. We've got, you know, five funny people. We've got 10 funny people come see them. And so okay. it's not like, a, Oh, Oh, these people came to a rock show. They came to a pop show, a reggae show, a metal show. No, they just came to see comedy. So you have no idea what kind of comics they tend to prefer. So have a little something for them, no matter what. Read the crowd, see how it's going, and then and then do the kind of jokes that, that best play to them. I mean, that's that's what you have to be able to do at a lower level. And I, I mean, it's not really I, – I don't view it so much as – Oh, you're censoring yourself or, you know, you have no artistic integrity. It's like, no, I, I still like the jokes that I'm doing. I just, you know, I write some that, that work in, in this, with this kind of crowd. I, 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 I write some that work with this kind of crowd. And I mean, you, you kind of have to have that. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned that, uh, you, a lot of the comedians that you liked were very like, uh, either had a lot of religious or political views, but also that you stray away from that. Like, how do you decide, how do you put together your um, comedic personality, your own style of comedy without, like, stepping on the toes of others? Well, yeah, I mean, you just kind of have to figure out a a sort of speed and a sort of uh, mannerism to with your where you should be writing your jokes you know, you know like no matter what kind they are that just kind of work for you and i think actually doing a podcast every week helps with that because you're you're able to just kind of talk in free form and, and you don't have that pressure of like this needs to be funny now like this this needs to be you know you should have a punchline every so often otherwise people are going to get bored with it you're just kind of talking and I, I do get yeah. a lot of bits that kind of come from the podcast, but then I, I also just kind of get comfortable with, with, with talking as, as, as me. And so I, I don't think I'm right with the tone of anybody else. If I'm, if I spend a lot of time just talking as me, it, it, it helps with that. Okay, cool, cool. And the podcast you're talking about is idiots on parade Too ugly for TV, a podcast that you co-host with Nathan Timmel. Yeah. I interviewed Nathan on an earlier episode. How did you guys get started on the podcast? He gave me a story, and I'll double check and see if they match here. Um, yeah, basically, uh, he was he was drunk and hitting on high school girls, man. And I stepped in. <laughs> I don't know what the story he told, but basically, he was drunk and trying to hook up with underage women. I stepped <laughs> in and was like, "Whoa, dude." you're going to fucking go to jail, man. Like you shouldn't be doing this kind of thing. Let's do a podcast. And it was the only way to keep him, um, from not being a sex offender. I, I don't know what he told you. I don't know. If you see, to he it. told me, he told me that you guys met on the opposite ends of glory holes. And like you, he looked even though, you know, you're not supposed to. And then like you guys like started making out and stuff. Uh, oh wait, yeah, I was thinking of a different podcast. Yeah, that's basically what happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's accurate. 
Okay, all right. No, I just wanted just to started, check we, my facts. We started in uh, in Iowa City when I still lived there, and um, yeah, it, it's it's been going really well, man. It it was it was weird when I first moved out here though, because when we started, we would just be recording it in the same room. We would just put a recorder in between the two of us, and we would just talk. And then I moved down here, and we were doing it over the phone, like I'm doing now. And it was it was really weird at first, just because we were used to doing it the way we'd been doing it, and then we had it to where it was sort of like we were calling in, and we didn't yeah. we didn't do Skype at first. We we tried a variety of things, and they we would have connection issues, and it was it was just awkward because we could just sort of talk before. Whereas now there's lags and there's, oh, the recorder fucked up, start with this. And it was, now we're comfortable enough to where, yeah, if there's some sort of issue recording, we can back up to wherever and, and, and transition back in and it's smooth because we're, we're just used to doing it that way. But, and then, and then we have better methods of recording now, but at first it was, it was really, really weird and, and, and hard to deal with. I mean, it took us a good couple months to, doing it every week once i was out here to sort of get used to doing it yeah yeah it's a little bit different doing it over skype or over the phone because at least in my experience when you're recording an interview or talk or doing a show with another person you can feed off of their like body language and their reaction to stuff over the phone you just got to rely on voice yeah yeah and it's but it, it, it does it's good to get used to doing it that way because now the, the, whenever someone asks me to do something like record a podcast in person, so much easier, so much <laughs> easier, man. It's, it's like, uh, I don't know, man. It's like in baseball when you see batters warming up with those bats with the weights on them. That's what I feel like, uh, recording a podcast over Skype is, is, is doing, you know, yeah, that's a good analogy. I could see that. Now, you mentioned that you get some material from from your podcast sure. for your stand-up. About how much do you, do you end up getting a lot of material from the podcast? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I would make it about 50-50, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, we, we talk about, like, topical stuff on the show or, you know, stuff that happened to us during the week. I mean, we, we don't really have one topic. Sometimes we talk about news. Sometimes we talk about movies. Sometimes we talk about just here's something funny that happened this week or, you know, something interesting or, or whatever to us. And so it, it, we're hitting a variety of topics. And so it's, yeah, naturally some funny bits will come out of there. And I feel like I'll get raw ingredients for the topics from the, the podcast sometimes. And then, and then I sit down and fucking write it down into a bit in my head or, you know, I'll, I'll riff on stage about it, and you know, in a way that's more compact. Okay. All right. Cool. So, um, with the podcast, have you uh, seen like a big increase in uh, followers at shows, or do you get more followers for the podcast from shows? Um, I would say probably more followers from shows. If I if, if I had to guess, see, I, I don't know. He does all the uploading and uh, okay. does all the technical stuff. I just show up and talk, man. I uh, I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea what sort of magic he does to make it on the internet. Um, I still find that whole concept creepy and scary and weird. So I'm glad he deals with that. Well, thank you for uh, fighting the uh, creepiness and coming on the show. Yeah, anytime, uh, man. 
it, that takes a lot of courage, man. I, I'm, I'm proud of you. Yet, are we? Um, no, right, no, good. we're good. we're we're not recording. That's good. To Just know. keep talking. Sweet. Just. <laughs> okay, so what? Um, I have a few questions that I ask all of my guests, and uh, one of them is: Do you have any advice for stand-up comics getting started or looking to take that next step? I don't know. I mean, my my advice is going to be pretty cliche. I I imagine that's just get up as much as you can. Um, if if you can't get up enough where you live, move someplace where you can. Um, yeah, just get up as much as you. It doesn't matter if it's if it's mics, if it's bar shows, if it's if it's whatever. Um, just just do it. It's it's good experience. Get get as much experience as you can. That's what makes you good. Okay. Okay. So, uh, do you believe in the ten thousand hours thing? Like you have to do something for ten thousand hours before you become good at it. I mean, that's that's sort of a a, a loose to who's who's to say when you officially become good at anything. But yeah, I mean, there's some truth to that. I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that no one's any good before they do ten thousand hours at, at anything. That's just silly, but. Uh, there is some truth to that in that with, with repetition, you're going to inevitably get better. I mean, that's uh, even even might not even be much better. I've seen people do stand up that are <laughs> fucking awful from day one. And, uh, you know, on day a thousand, they're not great, but it's still better than they were on day one. So, you, yeah, you're going to you're going to improve in anything, man. Just practice. Okay, and what is uh, what is one of the biggest challenges that you faced moving to New York and doing stand up? Well, I mean, not knowing anything's tough here because it's a it's a pretty sort of closed up scene. I mean, there's as as far as like the the good spots at like Comedy Cellar and stuff like that. The, the people that are getting most of those spots either have TV credits or I mean, they've been doing stand-up for such a long time that they've really just made a name in that, doing it like 10, 20 years or whatever. And so there's definitely so many more comics here than there's need for that it's it's really kind of hard to get anywhere. But it's also, you know, it's 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 the two extremes. It's it's. Iowa, there was there was plenty of stage time as far as you know long chunks of it because there wasn't as many people doing it out there. But here, there's so much of it that you it's hard to even get people to go to stand up shows that that aren't at those those few like big clubs. Even if you're literally standing on the street yelling free comedy show to everybody who walks by. Okay. Okay. So. So it's a little harder to find stage time and yeah, like good rise quality above. stage time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what have you done to uh, get more stage time and rise above the person who's been doing it a thousand hours but hasn't gotten much better? Well, I mean, a lot of that is just, um, you, you know, you host open mics, you host bar shows, you kind of network like that. You, you know, it's, it's again, repetition. I mean, people will book you if they not just see you do a good set, but they, you know, they, they, they see you around a lot and they, they see you do good sets regularly. I mean, that's what, that, that's when people will regularly start throwing you on their stuff. Man. And so just, you know, 
just show up and just just be there deliver decent sets in front of them multiple times and they'll they'll start throwing you on things man people all right and those things that they put you on and it's say that again i'm sorry I said, yeah, people will see you at the things that they put you on and, and book you on stuff. You just got to be consistent, man. Okay. And one more um, thing of advice. Do you have any advice for podcasting since you do podcasting as well? Um, I would say, I mean, this sort of goes back to what I was talking about a while ago with having a variety of material. I, I think it's good to, to talk about a variety of stuff on the podcast because it keeps it from getting um, kind of stagnant. I feel like a lot of podcasts I listen to, they, they, they have one topic that they drill on all the time. And so what, what happens is it starts to get repetitive from episode to episode. I could, yeah, I can definitely see that with a lot of podcasts out there for being able to be more like versatile in your podcast, do you find yourself paying more attention to the news and what's going on than you did before you started it since your podcast is kind of current events based? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because lots of times Tim will just ask me stuff on there and I I might not know what he's talking about and he might have to fill me in. But I, I usually like when I when I at least have some sort of knowledge of it. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I pay attention to the news a little bit more because of that. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, I asked all my guests another question. It's how do you live uncontained? How do I live uncontained? Um, Well, it's kind of tough. I don't think I I do live completely uncontained. I mean, if I live completely uncontained, I I, I wouldn't be um, trying to start a new job. I wouldn't be working at the current one that I'm doing. Um, But, you know, you have to you have to pay rent. And unfortunately, in areas where there is lots of art going on whether that's stand-up whether that's acting whether that's whatever those places tend to be expensive new york city's expensive and so i i have to sort of find stuff where i can i can work and and pay rent here and still have time to do stand-up at night so a lot of it, it it's 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 a balancing act it's like you you sort of have to give and take with that but you have to strategically set up whatever you're doing to get money in ways that it's not taking too many hours from what you're doing at night or taking too much of your mental drive doing that. Um, okay. So it's a, it's a tough one, man, but I, I feel like that is its own sort of character building. Like I, I feel like it, it, it does help being contained for a while to some level because it sort of gives you some sort of uh, connection and empathy with the common human experience of doing that. You know, most jobs that people work in our society are just sort of working to make some company money. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Do, do what you love and you never work a day in your life. Well, most people do work many, many days in their lives. Right. So <laughs> you have to you have to find a way to make that kind of work with whatever the hell else you're doing. And a lot of that sort of comes out in stand-up. A lot of that, uh, you can sort of write about the shittier parts of life and and it gives you some sort of connection to the crowds, to the people you're writing the jokes for. Whereas I I feel like I see a lot of stand-ups who they they never really had to work that much because their parents are loaded. Like 
Northeast rich is a kind of rich. I wasn't around in the Midwest, you know? And, and so <laughs> when I, I feel like when they do shows in front of crowds, I, I there, there's sort of some weird, like uncanny Valley. Like there's something not quite human about them because they never really had to do anything shitty. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Completely understand that, especially since comedy a lot of times comes from like pain in the past, right. you know, and like overcoming that. So, like, what would be some things that they'd be joking about if they don't? Would they be trying to joke like they've had pain in the past, or would they be like, my mommy and daddy? No, no, it's, it's just. Well, the thing is, is I'm not saying they, they were bad at it. I'm, I'm just saying that there's a certain level that you're not going to be able to re- relate to most of the crowd if you, you haven't had to have the same type of work experience as them. Uh, I mean, it, it, it'll, it'll come across if they're talking about stuff that would suck. I, I mean, like, oh, I, I don't know, my my parents are doing this and not giving me money because of this. And just, just weird things where I'm like, that's people can't relate to that. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, just, I don't know. Like going on vacation to Maui and I'm like, you're, you're 22. You're not supposed to be able to go to fucking Maui. Like, what do you, and, and there's a weird, the people in the crowd, most of the time you feel it. They can't really empathize with anything you're talking about. Now. I mean, if you, if you write about that kind of shit, but you you do it in a way where it addresses that, cool. If, I mean, if you do it in a way where you're sort of explaining the experience to them, that can that can even be better because it's 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 interesting to them somehow. You're, you're but when you just sort of say it in a way to where we all have these experiences, you're you know now you can't talk about the experience of, of working a shitty job, right? And so I, I yeah. think it helps you relate to the audience better. I definitely agree with that. Um, like, what are some of the jobs that you have found out there that have made it? Like, I've had some jobs out here where it's, like, hard to do stand-up. So I, like, decided to focus more on this podcast right now. Sure. So sure. what are some jobs that you have done to be able to do stand-up that didn't steal your drive or were able to work the correct hours to do stand up at night. What's well, tough, man. Like I've been I've been off and on I've been doing real estate since I got out here, but that's kind of a shitty one because I'm like I'm I'm a broker, I'm renting apartments and uh it's it's a weird one cuz you're never really on the clock, but you're never really off the clock. Like okay. you have to show people and meet with them when they can meet, and a lot of times that is at night. And so it, it really does get in the way, but I I I'm starting one I think next week at a um a car rental place that way I'll just like the latest I'll ever have to work is seven o'clock and then I'm done after that. Like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, man. And and so I, I, I could do any, anything that eight o'clock or later I can, I can do. And so that, that, that helps, man. Um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to get up earlier regularly, but fuck it. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'm tired of, and it, you know, it'd be one thing if, if I only sometimes had to, show stuff at night or I I knew when those times were going to have to be. It's just that, you know, throughout the day, shit can change quick, you know, with, with showing apartments and stuff. So, um, it's just annoying. And then it it only pays commission. So there's some months where like, I I fucking don't really make any money. 
and other months where I make a shitload of money. And it's just, it's hard to plan for this sort of thing. I imagine it like from somebody who's not living in New York, it sounds like it'd be easy to rent apartments in New York just because they're in such high demand. Is that not the case or? I mean, it, it is, but then also you got, it, people are getting good at going around the brokers and paying the fees, man. So that's another reason I kind of want to get out of this. Okay. All right. Glad you're able to uh, find a job where you can get on stage regularly. That's always a big challenge. Uh, Jake, how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, yeah. Facebook, Twitter, that, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm on there. All right. And uh, for the show as well? For yeah, yeah. The podcast? Parades on there. That's on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud as well. Okay. Uh, do you have a Twitter handle you want to give out? I think it's just at Jake Vebra. Yeah. V E V E R A. All right. All right. Well, Jake. Thank you for coming on Uncontained today. And I have one more thing that I normally have. I have all my guests do. Okay. That is sign off the show. Jake, will you do me the favor of signing off today? I'm Jake Vevra, and I live uncontained. Thanks again to Jake Vever for coming on the show today. Please go check him out on stage. He's very funny. Plus, listen to his podcast with Nathan Timmel, Idiots on Parade, the Too Ugly for TV podcast. And just like I always ask you to do for my show, please get there to iTunes, to your favorite pod player, rate, review, subscribe, share. Rate, review, subscribe, share. That's all you have to do. Then... Oh, of course, one more step. Listen, pretty easy instructions to follow, and I I really think you can do it. Just go to your favorite pod player, rate, review, subscribe, share, and that will help both our podcasts and our guests get more visibility and notoriety. Thank you for listening to Uncontained, and until next time, live uncontained.